0: And now, another episode of Rick's Corner. Yeah! Nobody puts Rick in a corner. Hello, good morning, welcome to Rick if you it. And this month we have a very, 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 very special person who uh, we're going to be talking to. Now this really isn't a rant, this is kind of like, this strictly educational. Rick's strictly educational topics! But I want to introduce you to... Uh, John Schufeld, who I've known for probably 25 years. The topic of this month is emergency uh, physician entrepreneurship. John's going to be our guest expert. So, my job in one probably less than a minute is to tell you why you should understand that John knows what he's talking about. Number one, he has a MD, JD, and MBA, he is the trifecta he first is an emergency physician, then those other two two came. So I think he probably identifies himself mostly as an emergency physician. Right, John?
1: Absolutely. Always have, always will.
0: The other thing that he did, he um, started 15 businesses, sold 12 of them, a couple of them folded. The most recent was a um, telemedicine program to a startup called Walmart. And <laughs> And it's just like unbelievable what he's accomplished. And in his spare time, he's written 12 books. And can you think of writing 12 books, starting 15 companies, doing shifts? Last week, I talked to John. He said, I got three shifts to do. (laughs) I "I couldn't, couldn't believe it. So I think it would be fair to say that John is an expert at starting businesses, being an emergency physician, being an entrepreneur. So John, welcome, welcome, welcome. I'm glad you're here. Thank you,
1: Rick. I've literally been listening to you since the Jerry Hoffman cassette tapes, driving in my car to infirm residency. So believe me, this is an honor for me. I feel like I'm talking to Elvis.
0: (laughs) Hardly. John, one of the things that we wanted to talk about is what would make an emergency physician uniquely good as an entrepreneur? So I I think there's a ton of things. First off, I think
1: physicians in general are just you know, we all have this rap of being bad business people. And I'm sure myself included, you know, as God knows I made a lot of bad business choices, but physicians have this rap. And I think part of it is we just don't take the time because we don't have the time to really understand something. So we're, I think we're a trusting lot by nature. So God knows, like I said, I made some poor business decisions, but I think everything that a physician does to get from literally college through medical school, through residency, Those are the same qualities and tenets that you need to be an entrepreneur. So think about it. It's resilience. You don't take no for an answer. You're not afraid to put in the hard work. You show up and you do the work, you know, and the buck stops with you. All these things are the same as an entrepreneur is. So I think we literally, we physicians have a leg up already against everybody else on our
0: entrepreneurial journey. John, we're making the assumption that there are physicians out there who uh, have got the itch and who want to do this. And I personally think there are, and I personally think that they're most likely to be an emergency physician. But what does it take to go from the itch to actually going down the path? Well, I think
1: the first thing is always have So I'm, I tend to be kind of a pragmatist. So when I would go back to school, I'd always say, all right, what are you trying to get out of this? How is this going to really help you? So you know, for my MBA, I was a sociology undergrad, sociology and criminology undergrad major. Took no business classes except in high school. I took typing once. That was as close as I got. I thought, I don't know anything about business, but I have this gut instinct. And it's mostly wrong, but sometimes it's right. So I thought, okay, I'm going to go back and get an MBA to try to learn some business stuff. And I went back to law school, very pragmatic, I thought I want to defend physicians in front of medical boards. I thought someday when I'm old, I can't do emergency medicine anymore, but I will practice law and help out physicians. So. In that vein, I would say a very pragmatic approach, what outcome are you trying to achieve? So here's some outcomes. So for me, doing all these different crazy, mostly stupid things were a hedge against burnout. My last shift was yesterday and you know I pretty much loved it the same as I loved it 30 years ago. And yeah, there's days when you couldn't pay me to do this job, but most days I do it for free because having all these other interests It keeps you excited about practicing medicine. And and yeah, as we've been through a hell of a two years, God knows we need some excitement in our lives. So that's number one. Number two is, can it be a hedge against the financial insecurity that now we've all realized that is reality? I used to say emergency medicine was recession-proof. Maybe true, but it's not COVID-proof. And so a lot of us got our shifts cut back or became unemployed during this. And I think we all had this slop-up side of the head that, you know, uh uh-oh, this medicine gig while great, may not be the be-all end-all for providing for my family. So I
0: would, I would start with those two premises in mind. What are you trying to accomplish? There are generically certain kinds of businesses that are, I think, fundamentally more likely to be successful than not. And they break down into the idea of building a product, a widget, something that you can sell, and providing a service. And I noticed virtually every one of your built, well, I think every one of your business was in uh, providing a service. Why going down that path? Why, why go there? Well, I probably wasn't smart enough to do a product because of the products that I've seen and the ones that I've,
1: you know, I've started this venture capital firm. And so we, we go out and look for a lot of widgets, a lot of products, a lot of apps. But, uh, you know, for me, I wasn't an engineer. I don't have an engineering background. And although I might be able to think of some things, I couldn't come up with them myself. In emergency medicine, I mean, we are used to, as EM docs, providing a service. So to me, that was the logical step of, look, okay, I can provide this service. So what other adjunct services can I provide or can a business provide that may help the betterment of someone's health, that may improve outcomes, that may lower costs? So, so I'd always approach it that way.
0: So it was what you knew that you uh, felt comfortable venturing out into, not something that you didn't know.
1: You know, we all know healthcare, at least in my mind, sticking with something you know makes more sense. Now, there is a fresh set of eyes approach where you have a physician and they look at something outside of healthcare and they have this aha moment because they see things through the construct that we've all grown up in, to which somebody else may not have and cannot apply. So there is some benefit in putting on this fresh set of glasses and looking at something outside of healthcare. But for me, staying, you know, in my uh, lane seemed to be easier and more efficacious.
0: Yeah, I think that most of the physician entrepreneurs I know, their products are in medicine or or related to medicine. I listened to a podcast that you did uh, with Dr. Amy Baxter, came up with a product, and it's a product that allows kids to have less pain when they get shots. It's a little buzzing bee and a cold pack. And I thought, wow, that's very cool. And it turns out when you read her bio, she's an extraordinary entrepreneur. And those of you who are interested, you can go onto John's website. He has about at least nine that I saw. You may have more interviews with people who are, have done entrepreneurial things. And so it's very inspiring to do that. And I think one of the things that you need to do if you want to be an entrepreneur is get inspiration. And John, John's website provides lots and lots of inspiration. There's a couple of core questions, I think, that uh, come up. And I think one of the first is, do I need a partner or do I do this alone? I think that's a really important question. And I have very strong beliefs about it, but I'd like to get your take on it.
1: So I've had some partners. So a company I started called Next Care, which was a surgeon care company. You know, we have three partners. One of them bailed out literally within two weeks. The other one said... Great, I'll do one with you, but I don't want to do 60 or now 160. Me, and D, I just started the this virtual medicine company to Walmart. However, had I been smarter, I would have picked somebody and found somebody with a diverse set of skills that I didn't have, which is pretty easy to find, frankly. So I would have picked somebody who has a strong IT background. I would have picked somebody who would next year time and a strong operational background or a strong financial background what I ended up doing was hiring people and as along the way. And for the people that stuck with it, they had options of stock and options, of course, and, and did pretty well. But I ended up kind of hiring people as opposed to partnering with people. But I think the smart money is finding somebody and we all tend to find people that we like. We find other EM docs. Well, how do they, how do they think? Well, most, I think like most EM docs and vice versa. I want to find somebody who has divergent thinking than you because, you know, as Henry Ford always say, if two people at a conference table are thinking of the same thing, you don't need one of them. So I, I think partners
0: are smart. I think finding a partner is smart. Just make sure you find somebody with a different skill set. My point of view was a partner needed to bring something to the equation that you did not have. But I also believe that you can buy pretty much what you need and that partnerships are easy to get into it's like marriage, easy to get into, very hard to get out of. And I've seen enough of them where they've been problematic. Everything was hunky-dory at the beginning, but the next thing you know, there's some problem develops and your fundamental business is at risk because you forgot about this component or it would be the exception to have a partner, not the rule, I think, in my experience. One of the things I wanted to talk about You know, you had this idea of, well, you had either products you could make, which generally is a one time sale, or a service, which is kind of like a recurring revenue thing where you, every, uh, you know, year you have to ante up again. Were yours mostly, John, services where the customers had to ante up again? Or like in the uh, telemedicine business, it was basically getting more and more patients to uh, participate. So for
1: example, I had a business called Private Autopsy. Of course, those were one-time non-recurring revenue because if they weren't, then we would have autopsied a live person, which of course is awkward. Wow! What are you
0: doing? Oh my God, what, what is happening here? Next
1: care, the urgent care was, you know, we had about 60% return visit rate, but it was kind of a one-off. Me, MD, the virtual medicine company, most folks paid for that on a recurring revenue basis. And that's how the company was sold. So Rick, you pointed out something d- dead on. If you have a recurring revenue business, you sell it based upon a multiple of revenue. If you have a business like NextCare and Urgent Care for example, which is are these one-offs, you sell on a multiple of EBITDA, which is earnings before interest, tax, depreciation and amortization. And so, generally speaking, you'll do a lot better with a recurring revenue company when you sell it than you would on a simple service company where there are one-offs. You know, I realized way early and I remember saying this We all are in the business where if we're not working, we're not making money. So what could I do to make money while sleeping? And so a lot of things I try to do is say, okay, what can I do? I don't need to be there to earn revenue from. So that was kind of part of my agenda.
0: Were you uh, successful in um, finding people who can run these businesses for you? Or were you a very hands-on? Because if you were very hands-on, it looks like you were this incredible juggler.
1: I think all of us in emergency medicine have the ability to keep a lot of plates spinning at once. I mean, you know, I was in the ED yesterday, I probably had 12 active patients at one time, a couple of which were really ill. And this is not rocket science, any of us on listening to this. We all do this every day. And so I think if you can keep those plates spinning, again, you're set up to be an entrepreneur. However, I'm more of a startup creator, vision person than a day-to-day operation person. So what I typically did was I'd start out. Doing everything, ops, the whole nine yards, and then I'd start shedding things along the way, and so then I always try to find these really great operators who had a skill set that I don't have, which is just hardcore attention to detail. That's not me. I just don't have the bandwidth to do it. I always say I'm an, a mile wide and an inch deep, and for me that served me well. But I would my personality is not a mile deep and an inch
0: wide. Most emergency physicians have one job and they make a relatively good salary but they also generally have some substantial expenses like medical school loans and and house payments and car payments and those kinds of things and when there's when you look at it there's not a heck of a lot left over to become an entrepreneur with and so one of the things I wanted to talk to you about is funding for your project how do you go about either getting a loan or selling your idea to somebody who will fund it?
1: So there's a bunch of different ways. And, you know, frankly, I generally do it the wrong way. So for Nextcare, for example, you know, our house was triple mortgaged. I used to fly to back and well, I worked an hour away and I'd fly back and forth in a helicopter. One time I had to sell the helicopter to make payroll and I loved that helicopter because I always self-funded it, at least initially. If you have an idea, and let's say it's a product, and you can put together this what's called an MVP, a minimally viable product and you get some users who use it and like it, and they give you advice on what to do, that's sellable. You can take that out and raise money based off of that MVP and your track record getting out there. If you want to do a string of urgent cares or a medical clinic or a medical spa, i done that as well. Get it started, get some revenue in the door, get some, get some
0: great feedback, and then take that business plan out and look for investors for it. I guess the finances are one of the things that kind of scare people because they also know that Businesses fail. And when your business fails, you wind up finding that there's a lot of money that you owe people that you really didn't think about. So, and I think that's a, one of the fears that drives physicians to make sure their businesses don't fail is the fact that they have a lot to lose.
1: Exactly. So that's why doing it smart out of the gate is absolutely critical. So, for example, I mean, if I were, you know, back in my early 30s, I would set up an LLC you know, Limited Liability Corp, or PLLC, and I would start moonlighting through that LLC to start doing some locums work where you generally get paid pretty well. You're probably already have a W-2 income with benefits. Go out and make a few extra bucks doing 1099 work in that LLC, and then use that LLC to set up your business project. So now if you have losses, it's just basically flow through income. You've made whatever dollars per hour doing EM work as a locums, and then you use that money to invest in your business. I would approach it like that. So then if, when there are losses, those losses are against your income.
0: How important are lawyers in this deal? Contracts, those kinds of things, dotting I's and crossing T's. So shockingly,
1: I was never great at that. And I, I went to law school probably because of that. You know, lawyers are important, but you can go to LegalZoom and set up an LLC or a PLLC, Professional Limited Liability corporation, really pretty easily. And apply for your EIN and get that set up. Open a bank account, get a credit card, and start funneling as much things as you can through that. Then work with your accountant on things that are appropriately to deduct and things that you you can't deduct. So I don't think you need a lawyer at that point. However, if you, as we talked about, bring a partner in and have a partnership agreement, yeah, you want to start bringing some uh, legal expertise in. Now, the downside, anybody that you bring in represents you both. So there's ever an issue. They can't be, in. you have to get your own attorney for that as well. So that's sometimes an aha moment for us if there's ever a falling out with our partner.
0: Yeah, I, I uh, generally have done virtually all of our stuff with what's called a jersey contract. It was in Jersey Boys, the player, which I loved. It was a handshake. You want a contract? Yeah, a jersey contract. So far, I haven't gotten burned, but you never know.
1: I've gotten burned, and I've actually had contracts. And the contracts, handshake or not, are only as good as the people that enter into them. And I've had some crazy experiences with things that in a million years, I would not, never have guessed.
0: I think that there are a lot of physicians who are interested in coming up with products, and I guess they can bring them to companies like yours and like the one I was working with to see if they want to be, uh, fund early phase development or they fund early phase development on their own. And the, the key is to find something that nobody's thought of that is a problem that could be fixed. Something where you can make something more efficient, more useful, more full-featured. You don't have to start something that's never been done before. You can make a better mousetrap. Yeah, there's
1: things that I see every day in the emergency department, and I always think yeah, wouldn't it be cool if then these are always my death sentences being like oh god don't think that get it out of your head because wouldn't it be <laughs> cool if and so for a lot of those things i i would try to do something and for a lot of those things too i do a little research and found somebody that already thankfully did it so i didn't have to but you know i think win lose or draw starting these projects as an em physician I mean, you want to win, right? You want to to have a great exit. You want to make some money along the way. But at the end of the day, it's a blast. You're going to have a lot of fun. You're going to learn a ton about yourself. You're going to learn a ton about business. It's worth it, even if it doesn't work. And I will tell you without hesitation that every one of my failures was a door opening to something bigger and better where I could look back and say, oh my God, thank God that blew up. Because if that hadn't blown up, X wouldn't have happened, and thank God X happened because X was really cool. And I think if you know that going in, it makes you a lot more secure that even if you get some bumps along the way, it's still going to work.
0: Yeah, I have to agree with you. I think we've all had bumps along the way, but I also agree that sometimes things that at the time look terribly negative and very sad and you're all bent out of shape, and the next thing you know, as a result of that happening – You find an opportunity that you would never have found before. And it was like there is a bright cloud at the end of uh, some darkness. And I found that a number of times. I mean, if I hadn't done this, then I would have done that. Those kinds of things come up all the time. So I think you're right that uh, sometimes the negatives generate very strong positives. But through that, it really has taught me a couple of
1: things. One's resilience and one's certainly gratitude and also humility. Because I'm telling you, if you go into this with an ego, you are going to get bruised. And so if you go in with this, you know, Encaro and caro and pyro sort of mentality, which I'm still learning, life's a lot easier. And I think that's the challenge that most of us have faced because, you know, frankly, to get to where all the listeners are, you had to be pretty damn near perfect. I did not suffer from that, thankfully. But for a lot of people listening now, particularly people coming out of residency where I'm sure I can never get in, they're pretty damn near perfect. And so, if you have this, it has to be perfect sort of mentality. It makes life a lot more difficult, particularly as an entrepreneur, because it ain't going to be perfect. They say if you're not embarrassed by your minimum viable product, you waited too long to do it. So, you've got to just go into it knowing, like, this is going to suck a few times and I'm going to take some lumps. But you know what? At the end of the day, like Sigmund Freud said, you're going to look back at this, all
0: the trials and tribulations, and it will be the most beautiful time. So, where would we go from here? We have a, an emergency physician who would like to be an entrepreneur who needs to start thinking of ideas that have not been thought of by others that may be genuinely useful and start to get other people to say whether they agree or not. Although sometimes you want to hold your ideas before you release them because they may be very stealable. But I think the core thing is trying to get started. But I think for people who want to
1: do this, I mean, there's a number of books out there that I would read. I've got a reading list. I read a lot. God knows I need it. But you know, there's a book by Peter Thiel called Zero to One. And it's about just kind of idea formulation. And there's a product zero to one. Zero to one means no one's ever done it before. You're on a total new stretch. One to infinity is someone's done it before you're trying to make it better. I've generally been kind of a zero to one sort of person. I, I Like back in 93, there weren't many or any urgent cares that i knew of so when i started out in phoenix or in mesa arizona actually there weren't any so we spent a lot of time educating the populace and the health plans about how to do it but the zero to one mentality is a totally different than the one to end mentality so that's a great book that people to start i wrote a book called entrepreneurs rx the physician's guide to starting a business my goal in that was try to be a kind of an you know mba in a book for physicians so i told all my screw-ups what i should have done and where to go to get some
0: more help in learning? Yeah, it would seem like that would be the first thing you have to do is you have to kind of do a little reading on on this before you kind of go out and do something that may be a little risky and find out that geez, this is a you know a really simple mistake you made kind of thing. When John's willing to spill the beans and tell you the secret sauce in this book, and honestly. You know talking about John doesn't need the money from this book. John is doing this because he believes in the mission he believes in helping physicians create businesses. he has gotten so much joy out of this that he wants to see other people similarly find joy, although you have to want to go down this path and I think a lot of physicians would like to go down this path they would like to have an interest in a business of their own or have a business of their own. John, I think that people know how to get a hold of you. And I, this book is on Amazon. I think you're willing to take people's call, you know, if they have some thoughts that they'd like to pass by you. I hope I'm not you know, <laughs> offering a service that you don't normally provide.
1: No, not not at all. I mean, I like I said I started this. I started as Accelerate Ventures to really work with physicians and other healthcare execs who who want wanna start a new business. I mean, that was my goal. So by all means, I mean I'm easy to find. I have a website, John You can find me on LinkedIn and certainly find me on Accelerant dot com as well. That's the VC fund.
0: John, thanks so much for uh taking the time with us this morning. And I know that this will inspire emergency physicians to be willing to take the chance and to go down this path.
1: Thank you. I was really honored to do it. And uh, like I said, I'm happy to help anybody. That's uh, that's where the stage of my career I'm at right now. And I'm I'm thankful to be here. Thanks,
0: John. Talk to you next time. Bye. Bye-bye. Rick's Corner.